Welcome to the deep dive. Welcome to Security Today, brought to you by Sprinter Business Solutions. This is the first deep dive podcast that I've been able to put out. I intend for one of these deep dives to come along every four or five broadcasts. My intention with this segment is something slower, more thoughtful, a place where we can take a subject, push it out closer to an hour conversation and really expound on it. The intent behind the deep dive is just that, to end up in the deep space that could feel cold or useless from an external perspective, but when brought internally, is full of warmth and wonder. I propose for this branch of Security Today podcast to be more art, more craft, more cunning, in ways that the artifice of the show maneuvers you to end up in deep thought when you are lured here by our other broadcast full of news and humor. <laughs> There's so many topics that we get into the meat section of our original broadcast that I just wish I had more time. But the purpose of our news broadcast show is something quick, concise, that you can get into and get out of and gain from. Something that you can glean from in a matter of just a drive to work. But the deep dive has another purpose that I think is needed if security today is truly going to fulfill its potential. Something over a longer drive or a couple lunch breaks that can get us thinking into the security mindset. Because after all, security is a mindset. I'll use this time for topics that either take longer to cover or deserve more thought and input. And as always, this is the industry's most pensive uncle, Uncle Bear. Follow me at Uncle Bear, B-A-E-R underscore, and follow this podcast at Security Today Podcast on Instagram. Now let's get into it. In our original broadcast, we use the shout out feature to highlight integrators that are on the Instagram platform, showing respect to those who are killing it and putting in the cleanest installs, sharing the best information and posting the dopest photos. Well, here we'll use this shout out feature to highlight distributors and companies, manufacturers and products that push the security industry to do better. Today, we're going to highlight Salto, that's S-A-L-T-O, at Salto Systems on Instagram. It's a world-class access control solution. Salto delivers the most advanced, flexible, and secure access control solutions for all types of industry applications. Their signature on-prem network through Salto Space and their cloud application with Salto KS, and new to their lineup, their residential living cloud application, Salto Home Lock, are all ways that they are able to cover such a wide variety of installs. From standalone to scalable, <laughs> Salto has a really robust product that is making waves in the industry. So check them out today on Instagram at Salto Systems and at saltosystems.com. Access control. What I would consider the brain of security. Obviously, locksmithing is the heart, intrusion detection, the liver, and security cameras, the eyes. I could run on for 10 minutes with that metaphor, but I'll spare us both. I've been in access control for close to a decade. My first job was at a bank, working as a locksmith. Uh, my master locksmith and I had never put in a system, but he asked if I would want to help tackle it. 
and we put a standalone maglock with an IEI mullion keypad and a powered Ultronics can with an ACM4 on a double door leading into a bank. It took maybe four days. <laughs> no lie. For reference, for those just getting in to or not in access control, that job would take me now or a professional maybe six hours tops today. Access control is wide. It requires a vast amount of knowledge to be good at or lead in the industry. You touch everything from electromagnetic frequencies, door and building materials, security door hardware, fire and life safety codes, low voltage and relay logic to professional skills like carpentry, locksmithing, and project management. The end result of a couple doors with a card reader on it and the, and the electronic locks fails to show the amount of work and planning that go into a successful and even more so a correct and a clean install. It's not for the lighthearted. And in a matter of a couple steps, you can really be in the weeds and do damage at every turn. I wanted to touch on a topic, though, that often comes secondhand. And that's the survey. The access control survey. Oftentimes, this is a conversation over the phone. It's a print thrown at an engineer who drops AutoCAD icons onto it, or it's a ball cap and a clipboard that chicken scratch door counts and shit, leaving huge opportunities, information, and security concerns lost. Now, I'm a purist when it comes to security, as you all probably know from listening to the show. Security isn't hard. It's pretty cut and dry if you're thinking linearly. But a lock on the door but a glass break on a window, a camera over a driveway. That's what most people think security is. But as a purist, I cringe when people just mosey in and slap shit on a site and call it secure. Yes, there is security on the site. And yes, they even managed to put it on the front door. But is the site secure? Oftentimes, no. And come on, Bear, you're digging for ways to get into the site and bypass security. If the criminal wants to get in and has even a modicum of intelligence, they're going to get in. Yes, but as a professional, though, security without method isn't secure. Security permeates much deeper than just the surface of the site. True security is birthed in the mind. It's why at every chance I get, I try to push the phrase, security is a mindset. If it doesn't start with your customer feeling more secure, then security doesn't fulfill its entire order. Trying to grasp at this, I think that we should address the very beginning of the job. The right questions must be asked to uncover the answers that will lead to the right solution for your client. That, coupled with theory, an attentive, focused delivery, the customer will come out with a much more secure site because it will run the entire line from the genesis of feeling secure mentally all the way to having a physically hardened site, and that's the true essence of security. It starts when they reach out, and we're standing there ready to harbinger a system that will meet their needs as best it can. If we take a lackadaisical approach, a mere routine phone call or a half-assed on-site survey that grabs counts and a couple basic wants from the customer, but well, we're going to have failed from a holistic point of view. The majority of physical security industry doesn't implement method or give concern to accomplishing a holistic project. I intend in the future to use this deep dive broadcast to approach my theory of holistic security, but for now, you'll have to wait.
It's much bigger than just figuring out what a customer wants and making them feel secure and giving them Fort Knox security system. Holistic security spreads like mycelium on the forest, integrating itself with every environmental design and pushing itself into other systems from building automation to audiovisual to point of sale and the list unfurls. Holistic security leaves the pages of design into the real mind and causes you to begin to see where security systems have holes, where even if they are enterprise level, they don't support and work in tandem with the systems that they surround. This broadcast of deep diving will be too much for most. It will cause the immature and the shelled off individuals that install security every day to roll their eyes, murmur insulting names under their breath because of the flourish that I've decided to take. And it's something so simple. That's okay. This isn't for them. This is for me. <laughs> this is for you. Because trust me, they've already turned it off. Now I know that I am not the only one who is in a blue-collar labor trade that is also thirsty for deeper thoughts and deeper understandings. So I bring this as a mirage turned true oasis, where we can think that what we are doing is more important than cutting cold, hard metal locks into door frames. With that, I know that the first place we are to start, if we want to make more important what is in front of us, is with the initial survey because we care about the whole, and we do not skip a part. So then, what do we ask? The call comes in. They want access control. We say, yeah, we need the money. <laughs> so we ask them if we can meet. We drive out there. We're on site, walking up to the building. What's our approach here? What sensitivities should we have? What chattels do we notice that would hold value or sentiment? Where should we begin? with the customer when addressing what they need. Well, first off, you'll need to take command. I do think that it is common that when we show up on site, we kind of stick to what we know, and we usually give too much leeway for the customer to tell us what they need. They do know that they need security, and if we are there, then they more than likely have a pain point. Often, the on-site survey comes from a retrofit or an upgrade perspective. While you need to uncover a lot of the same information on a new construction project, a retrofit takes a little bit of a different approach. You're going to be able to offer the most to your customer if you can start the conversation with the most knowledge you can have. What I mean by that is, any previous knowledge, any research ahead of time, will always give you the upper hand regardless of if you use it or not with the customer in the access control survey. I think that's key because I'm going to encourage you to do as much homework on a site that you can prior to arriving, but by no means does that mean that you are going to share all that info with the customer. One, because that might come off creepy, but two, because all that info won't be prevalent in the initial access control survey. Now, when I say research, this comes with a couple of questions before you get on site. Questions like, can I see the site before I get there? What are the crime statistics about the area in which the site's located? Who are the neighbors to the site? Is it in a floodplain and what kind of acts of God could happen in the local area that could become a threat? Also, what does the environment and landscaping look like around the site? It's questions like these that are going to do a couple things for you. 
First off, from the crime prevention side of things, a lot of times you can tell from a Google search of your city or county crime statistics, which in some locations can give you sort of a heat map of the last several months of police calls and what type of calls they were. This can be a selling point and a saving point if your site is around a much larger amount of crime, which can be different just three, four, ten blocks over. Maybe your customer is wanting an access system for the purpose of tracking employees and doesn't have the foggiest idea that their greatest threat is the hollow metal door with a large window and a beat-to-hell Von Duprin on the backside of the building, because B&Es are highly common in that part of town. Information like, who is the building to the left and to the right? Or who does the client share a space with? This might alert you to either needing to take extra precautions because it's a chemical plant or a diamond vault, or it could cause you to uncover what I like to call the corners of the field. Now, I glean corners of the field from Leviticus and the Torah, where as a social justice and support system, the Jewish people were instructed to leave the corners of the field for the poor. And in tight office parks and cities, sometimes you'll find that a security feature, such as a bollard, signage, or other deterrents that are meant to be paid for by one space are actually giving that feature to another space as well because of proximity. This can help and hurt. For instance, if it isn't giving your site security also, then it could be funneling a perpetrator onto your site, away from the neighbor because of their display of security or your customer's lack thereof. This will shift the balance of where security is needed and change the shape of the concentric rings that make up every level of your site, down to the center where the most valuable assets reside. Now, why care about a floodplain? Because how high is the power enclosure under your controller? But Bear, how do you see a site prior to gather this info? Well, I use Google Earth and Google Maps. That shit will tell you almost everything up to the contractor that built the building. That's satire, but I'm making a point at how important that OSINT, Open Source Intelligence Tool, is and how underused it is by security contractors like us. It's learning what the landscape is in and around the property to know if the fence around the parking lot of your neighbor is causing easier foot traffic to cut through your site on the southeast side of the customer property. There is a lot to learn within 10 minutes of just a Starbucks parking lot info gathering session before getting to the site and conducting the survey. And I want to encourage security integrators to use that information. Moving on from all the pregame information you can derive, it's key to take in a couple of observations when showing up on site. For instance, what is the site demographic? This can be commercial, multifamily, hospital, education, industrial. This will change your approach. Or getting info walking into the building. Are we dealing with a new construction, a retrofit, or an upgrade? Because like I said prior, that will also change your approach. Site location observations will lead you to questions like how accessible is the site if there was an emergency at 10 p.m. on a Friday and I had to come out here? How serviceable is it? if you need to run to ADI because you didn't bring the right type of motion to replace. Those are other factors that are just good to note. And this is where you really start to begin to build a site profile in your mind. Start to give character to the company that's hiring you. A story 
to the building in which they're in. Just think of what we're already talked what we've already talked about here. We're not even in front of the customer yet, and we've got a substantial profile started. We're on our way to knowing how to meet the customer's needs, and we haven't even met the customer. This profile is a really important step. It can and will allow for headaches to be avoided. I encourage you to begin building site profiles like you're part of the Ocean's Eleven, and this is your next target. It seems silly, but hell, it's fun. So do fun things. <laughs> okay, so you got this, and now you're in front of the client. It's time to hone in, figure out the pain points and the needs. A simple starter question is, thank you so much for trusting us with your security. I'm curious to why you feel you need to install an access system here. And just pause. We don't pause enough. We tell them what they need because there's two doors and it's easy to copy bids. Pause. Let the customer try to express their needs. Now there's a practice here that is going to come in when interpreting what the customer means and what the customer says back to you. That unfortunately only comes with time. They call latches, tongue thing of the lock. They agree when you say strike, but they mean mag lock. They call a dead latch a bolt and a dead latch paddle a push bar. It definitely makes this part of the survey tricky, and it's one of the reasons that it's crucial to show up on site, but not always doable. The key here is to guide them in their pain point. Let's make an example. A customer might answer the prior question about how they feel they need to install an access system with, well, I saw my brother-in-law's building had one of those fancy reader systems on it, and I got to thinking, we've been needing it for a while. And with my brother-in-law, he can pull it up on his phone and lock and unlock the door right there and see who's been using it. I just want something that can open in the morning because we have customers come in for meetings during work hours. And I know I want it on that door and maybe the back door, but something just to cover that should be good. Now, there's a lot of information there. And it's clear that the system itself hasn't been very thought out by the customer. Now, one might be tempted to ask follow-up questions like, do you know which system your brother-in-law had? Or what schedules are you looking for the system to be locked? And while that might answer some things that we want to know, it doesn't guide them in their pain point. The customer said, we've been needing it for a while. And see who has been using it. The customer in this response hasn't actually told you their pain point yet. So moving on to matching what the brother-in-law had or detailing a feature like schedules, who needs access, notifications, or emails, is ignoring their pain point. This is what I've been hinting at, in that we put security on buildings, but we don't secure them, because most integrators skip the pain point and get to the features that sell the system. Then they go in there, slap access on the front door, because they couldn't sell the back at this time, and security isn't doing its job to fulfill the order. The pain point was never addressed. So little to the integrator's knowledge, the truth was, they had been needing this for a while, remember him saying that, and wanted to know who had used the system, because an employee's ex-boyfriend showed up three months ago and scared the shit out of the employee the secretary, and Bill from HR. So to top that, a couple weeks ago, Bill came in after hours, used the back door, 
with the beat to hell Von Duprin. And for some reason, the CEO's Rolex that was left on his desk went missing. Now that's embarrassing stuff, but it led the VP of sales to call you down and tell you that they've been needing it for a while, which had him ask his brother-in-law also. And his brother-in-law, not knowing security, told the VP that the system came with schedules, which caught his eye, and he reiterated it to you. But that wasn't even close to the priority of why the company needed the system. You are the security professional. They're paying you because it's your responsibility to be able to drive the conversation with questions to pain points. The VP of sales and the rest of the board might see that the new access system is feature heavy and sparkling and they can have all the access on their phones. But the employee with the X doesn't feel secure as she leaves the access-less back door every day to go home. Or the VP feels he fixed the problem and now doesn't think about it again until the next incident. But in all that time, you didn't ever give him confidence to feel secure when there at the site and away from it. It is critical to address the pain points. Use honest questions like, if you don't mind me asking, was there an event that made you think you could use access control on the building? Or are, you, are, are there any entryways that could make it easy to break into this building? Or have you had any trouble in the past with employees or ex-employees? Follow-up questions to an initial probe like these could help dig further into address the pain points with the company. Oftentimes, probing questions aren't intrusive because they called you for the security and they're willing to give you, the professional, the information you need. There might be times that you read body language and choose to seek out a pain point from a more gentler angle so as not to offend the client. Overall, the pain point should be found before beginning the physical survey because this will give you a frame of reference to see things that you might have missed when, the survey, when you were surveying the building. Once you've discovered the pain point, you can now move to surveying the building. Since you have the manager, the owner, the person who called right there, it's best to start inside and work your way outside. This part doesn't need to be complicated. Ask for them to show you around. Get the standard tour of the building. If they're unsure and want to know what you need to see, maybe start with the mechanical room, the IT room, the room where all the wires in it or where the internet comes in is usually a uh, bit of plain speak to get you headed to the head end. <laughs> and take note as you walk the building. Take note on several things. Start with the doors. Notice exits as you walk through the office. Any side doors that lead out to the parking lot. Any back doors that drop you off behind the building. Also look for locks. Are most doors using locking hardware? Or is it all passage levers? Speaking of levers, do note if they're using residential hardware or commercial, and if they have locking knobs. Remember, that's out of code for commercial spaces. One movement for egress is required. So don't tell them if it doesn't involve the door you're putting access on, you aren't there to play AHJ. If you notice an exit door or an interior door that they are looking to have access on, then the real fun begins. We'll address that here in a second. But finally, take note when you get to the head end if the door to the closet has locking hardware. If it doesn't, suggest it. 
maybe require it for the job. If it has locking hardware, I always suggest putting access control on the head end. That way, you can have an audit of who has access when. Or if the door was held open for hours, it will give the present, and it can also give the presence that the customer cares about to sec- security to their employees and their visitors, especially visitors of the malintent kind. Take note of the ceilings. Look for open air return vents and drop ceiling, letting you know that it's a plenum airspace. Do you see any raceway? Is the ceiling in the mechanical closet open and are they using through pipes or EMT conduit? Also, are they fire cocked? How high are the ceilings in the lobby? Or are there openings in the floors leading to floors above and below? Section off the building in your head. Does it appear that there are areas that shouldn't or would not need to share space? Begin to create those rings of security, with the innermost ring being the spaces with the greatest assets. This could be filing cabinets of important papers, server rooms, very expensive pieces of equipment, the upper management offices, etc. From these rings, use the sections of the building to build barriers all the way to the edge of the property. It's with these concentric rings that you can find opportunities to improve security where you might not have seen it without this mentality. Move from the inside to the outside. No survey is complete without a survey of the grounds. Start right up next to the building, looking for accessible windows, other entry points, wildlife burrows, exposed wires, the air conditioning location, anything scalable gaining a bad actor access to the roof. Move to observe lighting. Lighting is crime's number one deterrent. Is the lighting sufficient? Is it low candlefoot halogen spotlighting a corner and leaving an entry point in the dark? Is the lighting carried out into the parking lot? Also take note of the edge of the property. Is there fencing between the neighbors? Is there fencing around the product yard, the truck yard, etc.? When examining all this, remember to look for possible pain points that maybe they forgot to tell you. If large fields or spaces between buildings and streets exist, look for obvious footpaths where vagrants might travel. This could expose a risk or a threat that the customer might need not or might not even be aware of. With all this information, you'll begin to figure out where they need security and what thresholds need access control on them. Whether it's two doors or it's 22 doors, approach the survey in these ways so that you can continue to keep yourself sharp enough to handle an access control survey for 200 doors. Because it will come. And when it does, you don't want to show that you're not fit for it. Or get that size job and then do the survey and leave the building less secure than when you surveyed it. Now, to the door. The door is the heart of access control. I cannot stress enough how many security integrators will put access control where they have no place putting access control. Let me explain. Let's use an example of a small business office. They call you up and say they want access control on their front door for security and to have a paper trail for employees when they come in. The common security integrator gets to the site, stands with the client inside the front door, and they reiterate what they told you on the voicemail and that they want access on this door. 
you look it over. It's a double door aluminum glass frame, 10B bronze with a mullion and a narrow style rim Jackson bar on both doors. I don't know why, but most knuckleheaded dolts slanging security still decide to put two mags up and a card reader out front. They look at it, look back at the client, say something like, okay, yeah, we'll throw two mag locks on there. That should be good. I'll send you a quote later today. They shake hands, walk back to the van. Most now hit the vape. We used to pack a lip in the day. And then they decide to drive to Wendy's for lunch. Well, this is wrong. And not just because you should have went with a rim strike on the right door if on the unsecure side. This is wrong because the door will be yours as soon as you touch it with a drill. Customers can't discern the difference between a door hardware guy and a security guy. So you throw two mags up there and a card reader, and three weeks later you get a call from Bill, who forgot to scan his credential but somehow still managed to yank the door open. You go out, you fix the alignment to get it to bond. Three weeks later you get another call. The door didn't shut last night. No one broke in, but when Kathy got to the office this morning, she noticed the door was cracked. She sat in her car till Bill got there because she was worried that someone might be in the building. This all could have been avoided if you had considered the health of the door. Roger Schmidt with Asa Abloy taught me how to wire a man trap door with access control like a decade ago. <laughs> he also, in that class, gave me some of the best training on door health that I've ever received. The health of the door is critical to the access control system because the door is the heart of access control. If the heart isn't healthy, then the system dies young. When conducting a survey and standing at a door that is to be considered for access, it is critical to look at specific things. One, I always start with the hinges. On aluminum frame doors, they're called pivots, and they rest at the top and the bottom, sometimes the middle, of a storefront door. The hinges can be butt hinges, barrel hinges, continuous hinges or pivots, or a concealed hinge when it comes to a Herculite glass door. First, notice the appearance. Hinges get beat to hell, and they wear and they show. The knuckles become offset, no longer pretty. Pivots, they gather salt and rust around the bottom lip. Continuous hinges get dings, dents, and spacing between the hinge and the door surface. And if they look beat, well, they're on their way to giving out. Next, after the hinge, I look at the floor on the swing side. Drag marks will tell you right away if the mag is going to partial hold because the door sagged with the first day of spring. Or if the latch isn't going to make it into the strike catch because it's now sitting a quarter inch lower in the frame due to time. Swing the door halfway open and see if the door rocks. It might have minimal play, but if it's a rockin', don't come and access controlling. Also, while you're staring at the ground, look at the inside and the outside of the threshold. Is it chewed up, or does it look like the door is grinding a groove into it? That's not good. Look at the closer. Is there a drip of oil on the knuckle of the arm? Oil lining the gap of the cover plate and the door surface? Because losing hydraulic fluid means that the first thing to go is the latch speed and the back check. This means that the door is going to start slamming, which is no bueno for security hardware. It's also going to lose the back check that keeps it from overextending the closer arm. Once it does that, the closer arm will be bent 
extended, and now it won't latch when it gets to close. Give the egress mechanism a couple of cycles. Does the lever stick up or down? Does the rim cylinder or the mortise latch have marks on the top or the bottom where the panic cover or the strike edge is rubbing against it? That's bound to catch one of these days, leaving the building wide open. Look to the edges and the corners of the door, especially hollow metal doors. If an exterior door is in an area that can become a cold-weather climate, then you could be facing salt erosion, rust, pitting, and the like, which, once brittle enough, can become a huge security hazard where the maglock releasing won't be needed to gain access to the building. Also look to see if the door is fire rated. This will affect equipment, and equipment will affect cost. And telling the customer that on a site survey is far better than seeing it in the quote with no explanation. Or with you having to tell them that once you get on site because, well, you didn't catch it the first time around. It's things like these that, if not checked, will have you owning that door 6 to 8 to 12 months down the road. When you encounter bad door health, it will be up to your judgment if you put access on the door or not. But regardless, it would be wise to note it to the client. That way, in a season or two, when it's causing them problems, you'll have a record that you pointed it out. The other option, oftentimes safer, you have them call a door company and get the entry in better health before putting access control on it. Brand new access is like a Ferrari engine. You're not going to drop that in a 2003 Corolla, so don't drop it on a 2003 hollow metal door either. Before I get to my final point, I want to point out one more mental reminder when conducting the access control survey. Facility operations. It should be apparent that any security system should not have an overly restrictive effect on the work of the facility. Operational review of the property should also include an evaluation of the supporting functions available at the site. This includes procurement procedures, computing resources and distribution, maintenance activities, asset tracking, operational involvement and location of senior executives, workflow, shift changes, and much more. This information will establish constraints when implementing security. For example, at a shift change, many employees may be entering and exiting the facility. This can be an important input into the design of any entry controls for the site or for parking areas. The system must be designed to accommodate this high throughput of personnel, even though it may happen twice a day for a total of 35 to 45 minutes. Knowledge of the workloads and schedule at the shipping and receiving docks will help when designing an asset tracking system or implementing controls over the movement of raw materials or product info and out of, <clears throat> in and out of the facility. Operational issues need to be understood in order to design a system that is effective in protecting targets while not having an undue effect on the work of the facility. This is where you move from just being a security installer into being a security liaison and actually start taking care of the customer. My final touch point on access control is to key in on integration. I've talked about this on our regular scheduled programming and other guest podcasts and Instagram lives before. Integration is your X factor. It's the quadruple crown. Your customer wins twice, 
because through integration, they gain a more secure site. And if they integrate with the building systems, then they save money in the long run, tenfold what the access system will cost. Then you win twice because they pay you for the access system and they turn around and open the billfold again and pay you to integrate the system. You actually win again later when you lay your head down on your pillow and realize that you have delivered holistic security, which is true security, and that will never be taken from you. So when walking a site, integration is best pitched once a case is built. So take note during the survey and pitch it at the end. Things to look out for. For instance, the biggest cost saving starts with the HVAC. Almost always, they're running a siloed system. But look, is there a controller in the mechanical closet? Sometimes it'll say Honeywell. A highly common BAS is Train. Johnson Controls has Metasys. Oftentimes, controllers will have a DIN rail feel to them with a small display in front. The customer will most likely be aware if they have a building automation system. And from there, it's just taking notes to see if you work with access that is compatible. Also, lighting is the next thing. A big tell to lighting that can be integrated is if they have lighting that is PoE. This is 99% of the time not something that you'll see on a building older than 5 to 10 years old, but you'll need access to the electrical head-in to know if any of the building is running on PoE lighting. Lighting systems that integrate include MXT, POET, Computrols, Helvar, TCP for lighting, for LED lighting, which can often be integrated, Genesis, Microsense, Lamar LED, and the list goes on and on. But I want to make note of a company names when I can. It's usually a couple of Google searches, but I feel as if podcasts and definitely webinars or presentations are always restricted from quote unquote pushing a product. I push the products I use on this podcast and I will highlight others so that you, the integrator, the designer, the security officer, know at least a name or two of what's out there in our industry. Lastly, most obviously, take note if they have a camera system on site, if they have alarm, if they have a fire panel. All these things will integrate with the right parts and pieces, and some, like fire, may be required to integrate. This indeed is a deep dive. It will take practice of surveys to get into a mindset of catching all this and even more that I haven't addressed on this deep dive podcast. My goal here with this broadcast wasn't to get you a spreadsheet or a checklist or a Gantt chart on how to conduct an access control survey, no. It was to try to sling you into the mindset and broaden your perspective when ushering security to a client and their property. You are dealing with people's livelihoods. If there were an incident, it could drastically affect if they are able to provide for their family, depending on the scenario. So holistic security is key. Holistic security is a meshed environment where the output of the program leaves a site more physically secure through systems working in tandem. To be a harbinger of this holistic security, one must start from a perspective in which they see the security of a site as something that's living, something that's moving. A flux and flow of hotspots that are a greater threat and a lesser threat due to outside factors 
and where the security provided would mitigate and cool those hot spots to a certain metric. You have been tasked with being an expert and an artist, delivering a fact and a form. And that is going to be a program of events and players that when working together can secure the world. It's very rare that a site will want the full tilt and drop the hundreds of thousands needed that they should to create a synergistic environment of security as it works in unison with other systems that make up the modern mecca of the free market. So it is up to you to be able to choose the area of the site that will cost the couple of thousand dollars to move that meter, cause the security to click up one notch, and all of that starts with the access survey. I feel that things and podcasts like this are important to you, the integrator, and to our industry. So I'm happy to be able to deliver. I'm your host, Uncle Bear. That's Uncle B-A-E-R underscore on Instagram and Twitter, and at Security Today Podcast on Instagram. I hope this helped. I hope there was at least one moment that you had a, ah, yes, that's good to note. It might not have met an hour, but I want to set that expectation in the event that we need it for future deep dive podcasts. So thanks for listening. And I will see you next time on the deep dive security fam. Bon voyage. (laughs) 